0: Hey, Seahawks fans! Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook podcast. I'm your host, Bill Offset, sitting down with Keith Myers. Hey, Keith, how's it going? It's going. It's going. Yeah. It's uh, it's a little milder here in the desert uh, this last uh, couple weeks. We've had some monsoon stuff that kept the temperatures down reasonably close to hundred, which has been actually pretty good. <laughs> Usually, this time of the year, you can get temperatures into the 115s and that's no fun for anybody mm-hmm. so
1: no so it's been it's been pretty hot around here um, except for that I haven't been around here um, took the family down to the beach for the last well since the last time you and I recorded and uh, that was great Great to get out of the out of the city get out on the beach enjoy the ocean it was so much cooler down there so
0: yeah, yeah def- looks, looks like you got a little needed. color though
1: yep a little bit um and by a little bit i'm in i was hurting there for a day or so, so pretty, pretty good pretty good uh, amount of sun but um that's not a complaint cuz i actually feel pretty good about yes. that so
0: hey the seahawks played a little uh, mock scrimmage game this weekend um that was kind of cool to uh, to read about to hear about um some of the players i think we're going to get into that uh, today talking about you know essentially the last week of training camp and the lead up uh to their first game on Saturday we're going to do another show later in the week uh preview show of, of that first game kind of get into our almost regular season mode as we progress through these uh next few months um but here today talking about practices and where players are at um training camp battles uh we you know we recorded a, sh- a few shows uh when training camp first started about uh some of the camp stories we'd be following thought we'd kind of come back and revisit a few of those and just check in with some players and and uh, position group uh battles um and, and where things stand and i thought that we'd start right at the top with the quarterbacks because i understand in the mock game that drew Locke looked really good um yeah and and compared to geno smith um, I guess it was just no question who the better quarterback that day was. It just mm-hmm. now comes down to who's the better quarterback many, many, many days in a row.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that really kind of comes down to it. Pete Carroll said that, um, you know, Locke needed to get out there and, and, you know, show it on the field and, and show that he's picking up the offense and all of that. Uh, and he did. Um, now Pete Carroll also said after the game that, that Geno Smith is still, You know in the lead and is is um that guy but said that it is up for grabs and that lock can can take the starting job from him and from what we saw um in the mock game and actually the practice leading up to the mock game um lock's really starting to show that he's the better the better overall player
0: You know, there was no question that Drew Locke always had the skill, Keith. And you and I talked about that, you know, in the offseason after we acquired him in that trade. You know, it wasn't a perfect scenario. Obviously, he'd had many failings as well, um, in addition to the things that made him look good and made him intriguing in the first place. And those things still remain. You know, he's a good student. He likes to do the work. He puts in the effort. He says all the right things. He's really well-spoken when you listen to him in press conferences and so forth. So, I really enjoy him in that respect, and then uh making plays, he can make all the throws he's got a heck of a strong arm um,
1: he, um notably is not just that his his arm is strong but that his triggers quick um having that release where from once the ball starts moving to when it's out of the hand um is one of those things that it's it's hard to um sometimes it's hard to tell the difference, but unless you actually break it down and, and high f- speed footage it and time it, but having that quick release means that whence, um from when the, the throwing motion begins until it reaches the court, the, the receiver um, is it's an important measurement, right? And so the faster you release, the faster the ball gets there overall. Um, that was part of what made Matt Hasselbeck great when he was, uh, had those like three really good years was his release was like super quick. Um, and Locke's got that, and I was not expecting really that. Just, he's known for having that cannon, but um, the fact that he can get the ball out super <laughs> quickly out of his hand um, was a nice little surprise. And so that's going to lead well towards him being able to um, get the ball on receivers and avoid you know uh, letting defenders make plays on the ball
0: yeah and in in addition he can make all the throws get it all over the field and he has different angles for different throws so he can kind of navigate in between defenders and all that kind of stuff has has his own throwing lanes uh moving around the pocket he moves around uh better than advertised as well the thing about him has always been the decision making and um so far though in this training camp he's shown good decision making like he i don't believe Correct me if I'm wrong, but he hasn't thrown an interception yet in training camp. Uh, through nine practices.
1: That's not true.
0: Uh, okay.
1: <laughs> there was one day in which both quarterbacks threw at least two. Um, that was the day that, like, you know, if you were reading the stuff from certain uh reporters that the sky was falling on the offense. Um, but most days he isn't throwing interceptions. And so that's um uh, that's the, that's a good sign. I mean, he's, was a guy that that's one of the things that hurt him in Denver was his, his inability to avoid the turnover. And so he's doing a better job of that with Seattle.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it, it is interesting. And I, and I understand, uh, completely. And of course Pete, we're talking about Pete Carroll here, but I understand the hedging on, on making an early decision based on one outstanding performance. Um, in, in this key battle, I think it's going to, you know, basically go to the end. Um, I would say that if you're starting to sense Drew Lock getting more reps with the ones and so forth as, you know, training camp's winding down and the third game, you know, in preseason is, is, is being played and so forth, those decisions have probably likely been made at that point. Um, but they don't necessarily need to make a public announcement about this thing. We're going to find out who's starting. Uh, week one, you know, when the when the Seahawks take the field against Denver, um, it'll be really interesting. Though I, you know, I'm I kind of rooting for the kid. I I listen to the press conferences that he's uh, given. I like his answers. I like the way that he's humble. I like the way that he treats um, Gino Smith in those press conferences where where he deprecates, you know, to uh, Gino being here. He's a seasoned veteran. You know, I'm going to do everything I can. If you know, I'm I'm basically. In a battle with myself for this job, and I'm doing everything I can to do uh, what I can do to win the day every day. And if I put that out and I still lose the job to Geno Smith, I can accept that, and I'm going to back Geno Smith 100% in his job and do everything I can to make him successful. And uh, you know, what what more could you ask for? You know, in a, in a quarterback and a guy that's that's coming in competing for a job. So. With that said, I still want the best person to win, and that may very well be Geno Smith. But mm-hmm. I kind of want it to be Drew Locke. I mean, I, I I know Geno Smith, and I see the trajectory of the team, and you know, I'm kind of getting excited now about the different positions. We can talk about all of them, but some of these players are starting to come together, and this this defense looks pretty pretty good. And I'm so I'm kind of wanting some good quarterback play to go with it. Just because I think it just makes it to be be a funner season. It's really difficult if you have, you know, bad quarterback play all around. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking, Drew Locke in this system with the talent around him could be better than advertised. That, that's it's so early <clears throat> in this process. I get it, but I'm you know I'm just thinking out loud right here.
1: Well, two things that I would add. One is that um, Shane Waldron said that this is likely to take right up until um, the Denver game week one, that there's not they're not planning on having this decided until they have to have it decided, um, which I think isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, letting these guys both uh, play and prepare and all of that, um, it just keeps them both competing and doing better, and I think that's fine. Um, the other thing is that, you were talking about Drew Locke's like comments during um you know his press conferences. I don't know if you heard Geno Smith after the mock game, but uh you know, because it was pretty clear Locke had the better day. And Gino came out and said, Hey, I look, let's just get this out there. I'm uh I am in his camp. I've got his back. He's my guy. Like if he ends up winning the job, great. I will do everything I can to make him mm-hmm. Uh, he did he said the same the, exact thing yeah at, they both performed at both the highest it. at the highest level and 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 whatever i i respect that um i mean i know that, that it, some of it's expected you're like oh well that's the professional thing to say but having gone back and 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 rewatched it like this wasn't a guy saying what he's supposed to say this was a guy that you could tell i mean he's a team player he's there to do whatever role the team needs him to, to do for the team to be successful, um, and that is what you need out of a guy like Geno Smith. So I was, I was, um, I don't want to say surprised because I kind of expected it, but it was still really nice to see. Agreed, yeah,
0: agreed. So let it continue. Let's let's find out. I'm sure they're going to get uh, similar reps uh, in this mm-hmm. first game coming up, and and we'll talk more about that later in the week. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, initially as we kind of progress through the players is kind of what you're thinking now we're, we're about uh, three months removed from the NFL draft and what your kind of thought process is on our draft picks um, as, as campus kind of progressed, the things that we're hearing about seeing um, seems like a, almost across the board universally on every pick. They're exceeding expectations, which is fantastic news. I think.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, it's this has been. I mean, we have to wait till the games start and we'll see how things play out and whatever. But it appears, but just based on what's happening during training camp, that this is the best draft class the Seahawks have had since uh, the 2012 draft class that brought us um, two hall of (laughs) famers. You know, Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, and you know, Bruce Irvin that this is the best class since then because, uh, you know, Cross has done everything that anyone's asked of him and then some at tackle. Absolutely. Um, Abe, Abe Lucas is now getting um, time with the starters on the other end. Four and, practices
0: in a row, including the mock draft he's been lined up with the ones.
1: Yeah. So your, your prediction is starting to look um, like it's going to come true where he's going to end up winning the job uh, out of, uh out of the preseason and stuff which i'm surprised at that it's that soon but you know good for him the both cornerbacks um kobe bryant's looked great yeah throughout training camp and Tariq woolen was one of the stars of the mock game yeah Um, oh my
0: gosh keith we need to like pause and just talk about this kid for a while this is one of the players i kind of wanted to highlight today yeah it's just like my goodness you and i both we're like Hey, we drafted Woolen. I think both of us mocked him to the, you know, the Seahawks in our mock drafts leading up to the, to the real draft. And uh, we get this kid in camp, and we're like, okay, we got this mold, this this piece of clay that we need to mold. Now it's going to take a couple of years. Maybe next year, it'll start to pay off. He'll play in some games, be rotation. At least we'll see him in special teams. Expectations are set really low. This kid comes in and starts playing right away. His te- he worked on his technique all off season. Uh, working with coaches and so forth, um, you know, to make sure that he was, you know, pro ready essentially and comes in and just starts competing right away, you know, and then he's got a couple injuries in front of him um, with Sidney Jones now out just with a little thing and then uh, Trey Brown just not not into camp yet at all and is taking the opportunity and he's just showing out. He's like staying with receivers that are just as fast as he he is. He's out uh, his, his length is showing up in his and ball skills as he's um mm-hmm. covering guys in his man technique and him and arty burns uh were worth were the ones um at, at the mock um uh, mock game and both i think are surprises in their own right arty burns was kind of a throw-in signing you know in training camp for a couple million bucks on a veteran almost a veteran minimum deal had really kind of washed out around a couple different teams had some injuries and uh, started, I think, four or five games last year and did really well, graded out really well. Comes over to the Seahawks and immediately looks like he's going to be either starting or seriously in a heavy rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the starting five, the, the, or the, not the five, but the the five overall corners or six that we're going to have on this team are probably some of the most talented corners I think we've had as a group collectively um in the entire time that we've uh, we've had beat Carroll here
1: now you got to go back to to um 2013 2014 that area when you had um you know multiple well, pro bowlers yeah true, on the roster true. at the same time since you've had a cornerback a group this deep yeah um now granted you also in that group you had uh, uh a hall of famer and richard sherman um, and and this one you've so, got
0: youth i mean they, yeah, haven't so we'll they haven't done anything yet yeah. they haven't done anything yet
1: but the talent is there and i think Um, Tariq Woolen showing up the way that he has. He thought he was going to be this project, but he is really showing that he wants to play and he's ready to play. Um, And that's fantastic. In fact, when Sidney Jones was out, they gave Tariq Woolen and not Kobe Bryant um, the starting reps at corner that day. And I think, I
0: think only because they wanted to keep Kobe on, on the same side, but nonetheless,
1: probably, but still it's, um, it's one of those things where what that shows you is that the team really trusts that they've got four uh, corners that they really like that can Mm -hmm. play. Um, This isn't a matter of, you know, if um, like last year, if Shaq Griffin gets hurt, um, what are they going to do? Because they don't have anyone else.
0: Well, that Um, too, but they also have (laughs) Trey Brown who hasn't even put on the pads yet. Yeah. It hasn't come. hasn't rehabbed from his knee injury last year. and may not likely he probably likely will start the season on ir only be well partially because of the play of of these other guys yeah there's no reason to rush him back yeah
1: Yeah, don't don't rush him back let him rehab let him continue to get stronger make sure that he does because that injury that he had um the patellar tendon injury um is often paired with achilles or calf injuries in the other leg the following year um when they rush back too fast. And and the mechanics of that is something for a different show. But um it's a really common pairing of injuries. You tell your tear your your patellar tendon in one injury and one knee um one year, and then the next year you tear your Achilles on the other side. Um uh, t- let him come back slow. Let him make sure he builds up the strength and flexibility properly so that you don't have that because you can, because you're four deep at cornerback without him.
0: Yeah. Well, and yeah, Justin Coleman and and um, like Hugo uh, Ugo, amati. Ugo amati on you know in the slot. and mm-hmm. your your group is really solid. And actually,
1: uh, amati has been um, been having a pretty good camp. I know he missed a couple of days with some injury, but he's back now. Um, but he's been having a pretty good camp too.
0: And now, here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Football fans, DraftKings changed the fantasy game forever in 2012. Now, 10 years later, they're doing it again with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game. A new way to enjoy daily fantasy football. A new shot to win millions in prizes. And the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFL Players Association. Playing Rainmakers football is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player cards of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions. Build your collection of football stars and enter free Rainmakers football contests all season long to compete for millions in jaw-dropping prizes. Each week, craft your lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and rack up points for touchdowns, receptions, and more like you would in daily fantasy football. The next generation of fantasy sports is almost here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now and sign up with promo code TPPN. Click the Rainmakers tile and opt in so you can be ready for the next drop. Play free for millions in prizes all football season and build the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers Football. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So I wanted to continue the the rookies, but I just want to throw out a name really quick before I forget it, and that's Josh Jones, um, the, the the safety. Had um, him, I think. He played some some last year. He was a, he kind of finished this the year with the Seahawks. He played he special
1: him. teams last year.
0: Yeah. Well, apparently he's vying for a starting job now because what they're trying to do, from what I understand, is they're trying to pair Quandre Diggs and Josh Jones together, and then have Jamal Adams kind of be this hybrid defender floating around. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes lining up in in what would normally be viewed as a linebacker position, um, and so I'm, I'm just very curious as to how that's all going to play out.
1: Yeah, I'm a little surprised that it's Jones and not Amadi um, or Blair that are getting that's getting those um, that time. But apparently, Jones is you know doing what the team asks of him. He's just really. He really just has slid into that role and looked good in it. Whereas the other guys, I mean, Amadi's been playing more corner than safety and and Blair they have work out at multiple positions. But um, you know, Jones has looked really natural in that role as a uh second free safety on the field yes. at the same time, which is yes. a little bit a little bit weird. And and a lot of it comes with, you know, just ability and willingness to communicate with everyone else that's, uh, around you and he's just looked really natural in the in that spot so uh um, and
0: uh he i think he was a second round pick at one point so he's he has talent with um i who can't remember he? i cannot remember I can, i'd have to look him up and i'm not, okay i'm not doing that right this second you can look him up if you want to i can do um that. boy Maffe, um i was just going to go through the draft picks we started at the top Boy Mafé is having a heck of a camp as well. They really like him as a player, um, moving him around a little bit, getting him used to dropping back into coverage, all that kind of stuff. looks like he's going to be a a good one. But the surprise one was a guy that kind of showed up into camp late because he started the year on the pup list was um, Tyreek Smith, the the guy from Ohio State that we picked up in the fifth round. right after we had picked up Woolen, we Mm -hmm. picked up Tyreek Smith. And um apparently this guy is completely flashing, um, rushing the passer in camp. And so that's great news. Now you can flash in camp all you want, but you you gotta be able to show up in in games. We'll see how that goes. Um I found that interesting. You already mentioned Abe Lucas as being a guy um to kind of bite his time in camp early. You know, the first four or five practices, he kind of uh, was with the, with, the, uh, with the twos. And Foresight was kind of pushed in there as well to compete on the, on the right side. And I uh, understand the last three or four days, Foresight's been over backing up Cross at left tackle. Curhan and Lucas are there at right tackle, and Lucas is getting the starting reps, including the mock game um which i'm finding interesting that they've just kind of made that switch they've made that transition nobody's really talking about it very much um i think i've heard um uh smith talk about it a little bit um beat reporter but other than that it's i I just find it fascinating that we might have two starting right or, or tackles out of this draft from day one i just it's hard for me to believe but
1: that's yeah that's just that's that's a crazy um like result that you would have two starting tackles in the same draft uh and both of them with really really high end ceilings like you know probable caliber ceilings based on their footwork and athleticism Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff it's it really is kind of crazy but yeah you know, i mean we knew we, we were going
0: to hand the 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 left job to, to cross straight away yeah um but, but, but getting, Abe lucas
1: but getting a second one in the same draft class
0: yeah and we knew there was an outside shot and we talked about it and i kind of talked about it as being you know something i i wouldn't mind seeing but having it be reality is a completely different thing the the thing about Abe lucas and the the, the um the intriguing part of it for me is that he's winning this so early in camp that now he's got a full month to be able to actually really prepare like if they're really intent on having him with the ones he probably likely will now continue to be with the ones for the rest of camp and yeah. and start unless he does something crazy but what this shows is that they really trust him they trust him like he's physically mm-hmm. able to do the job he's learning he's not making mistakes over and over again Um, again, this points to like this draft class just being knock it out of the park level because you put cross in and then Lucas and you have boy Maffe and maybe Tariq Woolen shows up. We already know what they feel about uh Kobe Bryant, and and I understand we'll talk about the receivers here in a second, but I understand the receivers are like showing too that we picked up in the seventh round. Holy cow, it's like the whole draft is going to end up um sticking, which is which is crazy amazing. Mm -hmm. So Let's talk about that—the uh, the receivers, Bo Melton and Derek Young. I understand Derek Young. Dariq Young is, is the is one really that's really, showing, yeah, that's, yeah, that's really standing out. So,
1: well, I mean, he's six-two, two twenty-four, um, and runs really fast. He's going to stand out. Like he's—it's hard for him not to. He also played at Lenore Ryan, so you didn't really have a lot of expectations other than that he was an athlete. Um, but the truth is that he—they played um, Lenore Ryan ran an option uh offense, wing T. And he was the wing back in the wing T, wh- which means he likes the ball with the, you know, he gets the ball with the ball in his hands. He's got some speed. He's got good vision. He can um, you know, runs with power, all the different things that you would think of as a running back, but it's 6'2, 224 with his speed, he's a wide receiver in the NFL. And so he's kind of learning the position. But when they get the ball in his hands, his experience as a runner shows up and he looks like a running back down uh you know running downhill and you know taking on safeties and and cornerbacks like they're nothing um and that kind of physicality you're going to notice and i think he's going to show up pretty big once the um the preseason games begin
0: wow wow you know that's great and and the reason that he's getting opportunities too is is the um you know, you're seeing a little bit of uh, Eskridge being down and not not participating, not taking a lot of snaps. And there's more snaps available for Melton and, and Young, and they're taking advantage. And there's nothing wrong with Paul Melton uh, uh-uh. either. He's ran a three-three-four forty and a one-four-eight ten-yard split. I mean, one-four-eight folks. I mean, that's shifty. I that mean, guy's
1: got some wheels, right? Right, <laughs> yeah. especially
0: short area quickness. It's like if that kind of turns out and sticks that would be that would be pretty well, and, amazing too
1: and he runs like a running back as well i mean he's got that really low to the ground uh thick uh legged like running style so uh, he's one of those guys you get the ball in his hands swinging him out of the backfield or uh in a jet sweep that kind of stuff and he's going to make life difficult for defenders yeah. because of his speed and running style this isn't like a you know, your typical wide receiver with the ball in their hands where you breathe on them and they fall down.
0: And just a reminder, too, that this guy played at Rutgers. They just they just didn't have a passing game. You know, yeah. so he kind of withered on the vine there, but he was Dan uh Brugler's twentieth ranked wide receiver in this in this draft. Right? Mm-hmm. so the kids got some talent, you know, picked uh in seventh round, Red- two twenty nine overall.
1: And at Rutgers, um, which also means he knows how to run block let's let's you know make that if you play at rutgers and you play wide receiver you better be able to run block downfield um because that's all they do is run the ball and uh so you know melton's got that going for him. i actually could very easily see both these guys um making the 53 and for you? two for a pair of seventh round picks at the same position that's hard to imagine but i really do because mm. i don't see a lot else at the position other than we I mean, have the starters right Lotkin metcalf you've got freddie swain and and um eskridge where eskridge hasn't really played because he's been hurt the whole time um and then you've got a lot the, of the team
0: the team does like cody thompson a lot and it wouldn't be surprising to me if drew Locke was the starting quarterback if they kept cody thompson on the roster cody thompson looked good in the mock game yeah he really did he had- he's uh according to drew lock cody thompson is one of his favorite players and targets on the on the team mm-hmm and they, and they had some off-season work together so yep. it's one of those things
1: yep And like i said thompson had a good um a good uh mock game including a touchdown where um you know the ball was wasn't the best thrown pass and and tariq woolen actually got a mitt on it and And deflected it but uh thompson you know adjusted mid-flight and made a diving grab to catch it anyways in the end zone for a score um and you know those are the kind of plays that you know coaches are going to take notice of
0: so the one player and one draft pick we didn't talk about yet is ken walker um in the mock draft you know he had a few touches and and showed some bursts and and so forth they really didn't get a chance to kind of um, stretch the field at all with any big runs both of mm-hmm. you know most of the backs were contained uh, under four yards of carry um but you know there's no injuries in that group everything looks good uh so we'll, we'll see kobe parkinson uh, recently has come out and talked about uh his weight training regime in the off season to get bigger stronger faster mm-hmm. um he's really kind of showed up in camp as well um so some a name to watch there on the offense and then um, everything else on the on the offensive line, Keith, seems to be kind of set at this point. We've got uh, Charles Cross at left tackle. You've got probably Abe Lucas at right tackle. If not, it's going to be Jake Kerhan. Then you've got Damian Lewis. You've got Austin Blythe and Gabe Jackson rounding out that five. What do you think about the the, the strength of the offensive line as the season progresses?
1: Um, I think late in the season it's going to be a real strength because you know that – um you know jackson is a is a pro bowler and you can see like charles cross just oozes talent um and so between the two of them you've got you know a couple of pro bowl caliber players lucas has that potential i think he's probably not going to play at that level this year but maybe next year but he's i mean the talent's obvious so he's going to be out there and we've seen what um damian lewis can do at guard and so you've got a group that later in the season once you know the rookies get settled a little bit um could actually be a strength and the idea of offensive line and strength in seattle is completely foreign we haven't seen that since yeah. um you know walter jones and um you know that line uh back in like the you know 2006 2007 you know uh years we just really haven't and so uh, it'll be, this it looks like it's going to be a group that's going to be fun to see. And then you mentioned the running backs a second ago. Like the running backs behind a good line, especially um, the way Penny has looked in camp and the way that, um, you know, Walker has looked like the offense could very well work better than anyone's believing it's going to because of the line in the running game. Even if the quarterbacks are mediocre. Um, just the running game and the lines are going to make the quarterback's job easier, and we I, may end up with a competent offense. Um, just based on that,
0: I can't even believe what my ears are hearing. That Keith Myers might well be slightly coming towards what I've been talking about for like four or five months.
1: No, I still think the quarterbacks are going to destroy the ceiling. <sighs> man i thought you were that close i'm really not that close
0: that close um on the defensive side of the ball i haven't heard a lot about pina and now woods and quentin jefferson and all those guys up front um which doesn't (laughs) really mean anything yeah it doesn't really mean anything um but we'll see on saturday that'll kind of start to show and um, we can start keep track of those guys at, at that point same thing with the defensive ends, really. It's real easy this time of the year. Of course, Charles Gross is doing a great job all by all accounts in camp, but it's real easy for defenders right now to kind of beat guys around the edge and touch the quarterback or a shoulder sweeping by and whatnot um, where everyone's protected. Quarterbacks aren't getting touched. They're not getting knocked down. Nobody's getting any real sacks, quote-unquote. Um, but we'll we'll start to see the defensive line, really, on uh, in the preseason games. So that's something to to keep track of because so far we've been talking a lot about these guys that do have an opportunity to kind of show their athleticism. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about, you know, some of the linebacker work, the safeties definitely. And then corners on offense, it's the wide receivers and the quarterbacks, you know, and everyone else is just kind of getting lost in, in, in the shuffle a little bit, but seems to me like by all accounts, the defense is, is really coming together and could be kind of top 10 quality. Now, it, it just remains to be seen, Keith. It's just all chatter now, um, but coaches have been around. Clint Hurd's been around, Sean Desai, uh, some of the players that we've got in, Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, Jordan Brooks, Daryl Taylor, you know, Al Woods, Quentin Jefferson, are all saying similar things that they're taking note that this defense is gonna be pretty special.
1: I think the defense is going to be good. If it comes out in as bad, like last year's defense was, I'm going to be thoroughly shocked because
0: the the
1: big Achilles heel of this defense was cornerback play. And as we talked about earlier in the show, that's not a weakness anymore. Like that's surprisingly good. And so you've got things like that. And then, um, we know it's got they've got pat, pass rushers for days you've got um a, yes they lost Bobby Wagner and everyone's freaking out about that like in terms of national media stuff but um the speed of brooks and barton uh in the middle shows up um you know in like it showed up in the game in the mock game and it shows up in uh in practice like they this is going to be a good defense. I really believe it is. And, you know, just guys like Nuwasu appears to be just a fantastic addition mm-hmm. um, at outside linebacker. And you've already got um, Daryl Taylor there. And then you add Boye, Boye to, um yes. to the mix. And now you've got right. three guys that are, you know, high end. And I didn't even mention Alton Robinson, who's been, um been a really nice addition the last couple of years uh that he's been in seattle so i mean they've got Terry
0: smith that they're raving about in camp. oh
1: yeah and that's that's i didn't even include him but you've got pass rushers you've guys got you've got guys that can get after the quarterback and you've got shelby harris who didn't have nine sacks last year nine and a half he did um uh as a you know as as a a five tech so a guy that you think more of as a run stuffing um position and yet he had nine and a half sacks uh for denver so right. um, and quentin he,
0: jefferson had 40 uh quarterback pressures not quarterback hurries last year
1: yeah um i mean he is great on the other side so you've got guys i mean this is this is a um this is a team that has has just good players at all three levels of that defense and i'm excited i think a combination of good coaching, which they haven't had in the last couple of years and an infusion of talent and really a system that's going to match the talent that they've got a little bit better um, is.
0: It gives you a level of confidence that you just haven't had for a while. Cause there's competence, competence, like mm-hmm. there's competence in the coaching staff that's getting um, transmuted to the players. You know, you can just tell that, you know, this system is being absorbed and everyone's kind of uh, uh, doing well. And then you add little, little elements like Artie Burns comes in, kind of knows the system. So he's able to kind of teach the, the little intricacies of it uh, to the younger players. Um, you get guys like Jordan Brooks that are ready to just take that next level kind of pro bowl level kind of player now. Um, well, Jamal Adams is ready to go, and they might he, be looking at him as being kind of a hybrid player. That's exciting to me.
1: Which is excited because that's who he is. He is a hybrid player. He's a guy with a safety's bottle body and a a linebacker's mentality. Um, yes, yes, and, perfect. Yes, and uh, you want to use him in ways that fit his combination of um athletic skills and natural instincts. And they didn't do that with yeah. the previous defensive coaching per- staff.
0: Perfectly put yeah absolutely there's no question about that no question um anyway i think that we've kind of wrapped this thing up i mean we talked about a ton of players both offense and defense um we didn't really specifically get into you know mock game uh, every play every down type of a thing i don't that's not necessary you guys have all read that out there um but just kind of recapping the overall sense of what we're seeing and what we're hearing i think it's really important as we get into the next show, we're going to preview this uh, this game with uh, the Steelers, and we'll get into kind of the nitty gritty of what we're looking for, what we want to see out of the game. Not necessarily win or loss or anything like that, but we, you know, the competence I think is the, is the key thing. It'll be also the first chance for most people to see uh, the team uh, for the first time this year, um, as far as live play, uh, seeing guys in action, seeing the speed, seeing a guy like Tariq Woolen. in his 35 inch you know reach his arms i think he's got like an 83 inch wingspan with four to six speed (laughs) that makes me laugh out loud it's It's just funny
1: uh so I, i i went back and was looking at at his speed numbers again it's the third fastest combine 40 yard dash ever just ever yeah and and it's the fastest ever by anyone over six foot by like and it's not like the next one was like oh you know right behind, he's just barely faster it was like yeah uh, by a wide margin
0: it's so. like watching um it would be like watching dk medcalf um only run it almost a tenth of a second faster
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know it's just nuts so Tariq yeah. woolen's at 6'4", 212, 215 pounds. 34 inch arms. I I said 35. 34 inch arms ran a 42640, has a 42 inch vertical. Uh, like you said, just the fourth fastest overall um combine forty since two thousand six. Um, and it's it's crazy. And it turns out he's a good football player. <laughs> which, so that's the thing is which, the, which is the crazy when, part.
1: Went to University of Texas San Antonio, UTSA. Like, this is an, this was supposed to be a project, a pure athlete that you could mold into something good. And he shows up and just is like, nah, I've got the speed. I can use it. I can lean on it. And he's worked his tail off. He's listening to everything any coach will tell him, um, trying to learn yeah. as fast as he can. And then he yeah. shows up in the mock game and you can just tell like the talent level. Um, the athleticism it just jumps, um, you know, off the screen. He looks like a football player, not just an athlete.
0: Exciting. Just exciting yes. stuff. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's uh, come back later in the week. We'll talk about the uh, first preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers this Saturday. We're all looking forward to that. So until next time, you can find Keith on Twitter at NFL. You can find me at NWCHawk. You can find the show all your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and share it if you like it. So until next time, go Go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at MyersNFL. And the show is at HawksPlaybook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.